You're listening to the Bitching and Bolusing Podcast with Courtney and Brittany. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Bitching and Bolusing Podcast. This is a special one. This is happy holiday season. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am so excited about this episode. Today, we're going to bitch about the complexities of gift giving wow. and the holidays when you have a disabled child. The holidays are literally just around the corner. And I'm sure many of you are grappling with a lot of feelings. Um, and we're going to touch on a bunch of those feelings and issues that surround the holidays. Whether it's age-appropriate toys versus cognitive awareness or managing the grief of others regarding gift options, there are so many negative emotions that can be involved with really what should be a very happy, pleasant time of year. And when I think about it personally, I struggle with this a lot. Mm. (laughs) This is an issue that has kind of tormented me since uh, Lino's birth. And in my biggest struggle with the holidays and gift giving around holiday season is definitely the challenge of carrying the weight of gift ideas. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> then like make the, an Amazon uh, list, right? And then yes. you have to make everybody an Amazon list. And yes. you have to get oh oh my God. And I have to say, I don't I don't want to completely hate on the issue of making an Amazon list because I think I would prefer someone ask me yes. than just get something that's completely useless or just is just off the mark. You know, I, I, I don't want something that's just going to like chill in my house or I'm just going to dispose open. of. Yeah. yeah. So I, I appreciate that aspect of it. But I think where people fail to recognize why it is such a heavy burden is it's already difficult for me yeah. to think of a gift that we're going to give, you know. <laughs> Like, I probably start thinking about it, like, mid-year. Yeah. I feel like every year around, like, May or June, I start brainstorming. That's ridiculous. (laughs) It's, like, six months in advance. And I have to, like, do this whole thought process around what Christmas is going to look like. And some of that is simply because I might have to adapt something that might Mm -hmm. take time to find, get adapted, you know, whatever the case is. Sometimes it's literally like I'm just stumped. Like, where are we headed? Where's Lino at this year? What's his favorite thing? You know, he's still a toddler, so things are constantly changing. And then to add on top of that, a gift for everyone else in our family. I know. I, I like... I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and I think I think the point of this too is that we want to talk about and validate the struggles that come with this, yes. right? But we also want to somewhat be a voice of reason because yes. I see it, you see it, I deal with it, you deal with it. It is like every Facebook group that you go into right now, it's everywhere of people being like, I don't know what to do with the holidays, but also having all of the complex emotions that come with it. Because it's not even just necessarily, I mean, I think the gift giving has a lot to do with it. And I think that a lot of people feel grief because they're unable to get 
their children age-appropriate toys. Yeah. They're unable to do things with their kids that they would be able to do otherwise if they weren't disabled, right? I remember, oh goodness, even last year, there were a lot of posts from people being like, I wanted to do this holiday event with my kid and I couldn't because they had a meltdown and I wanted to do this and I wanted to see Santa and we couldn't see Santa because my kid, you know, gets overstimulated and can't handle this and blah, blah, blah. I think we complicate it too much as parents. We absolutely do. Yeah. And I think like, and here's the voice of reason that I I, kind of want to (laughs) like started it off with because I've been there birthdays and holidays were awful for me like absolutely horrible I think parents get stuck on trying to fit our children and feeling the grief of who our children are not and trying to fit them into who they would be and the idea of who they would be were they not disabled Yeah. And that looks like, you know, wanting to fit them into the idea of doing holiday events like, I, you know, Christmas lights at the zoo or something like that or things that might be overstimulating and trying to do these things that you know are not going to work for your kid. (laughs) Yeah. But you want to because that's the idea of like these are Christmas or holiday activities we would do otherwise, right? Same with gifts. Like, and it's just get and do whatever makes your kid happy. And that's why like we – we overcomplicate it a lot as parents and we feel this grief. But let me tell you what, Cyrus feels so much joy just from pulling out tissue paper <laughs> than actually what the gift is, right? And then yeah. it's also like he feels so much joy over like these suction cup toys that are made for babies. And I can't sit there and be sad about like, well, he's playing with a suction cup toy made for babies when he should be playing with like action figures or whatever. Like, it's not about that. It's about him. And so the reason why I want to be like a voice of reason right now is because I struggled with this for a long time. Like I said, like birthdays, holidays, they were awful. And I realized the reason why I really struggled with it is because to me, it looked so much different than what it looked like when I was a kid. Yeah. And it's really hard. You know, we constantly as parents... When we have disabled children, there's this kind of like constant guilt complex of like, I cannot relate to my child in that way. And, you know, that's so tough. That's so tough because there are going to be things that Cyrus experiences throughout his entire life that I have no idea how to relate to it because I've never related to it. And a lot of that went with like holidays and birthdays and it looked so different than how it looked for me. And so I talked to my therapist about this once. And when I was really struggling, I think it was not even around a holiday. It was actually during the summer and or, or late spring. And I was really struggling because I can't do things the way that my mom did with me, like playing in the garden and digging up worms and doing like that was such a pinnacle part of my childhood that I can't do with Cyrus. And it made me feel like because I couldn't do those exact things in the exact way that I did it, that his quality of these experiences would be less. And so my therapist, and I want people to re-listen to this (laughs) if they have to, because it completely changed my life. It changed how I mother Cyrus and it changed my views on everything. And my therapist said to me, she goes, you know, his baseline's different. His baseline is going to look different than yours 
but it's gonna be just as rich. And that's the problem, is that my baseline from when I was a child looks so much different than what his baseline looks like. But it doesn't mean that his baseline's any worse, and that's, you know, all he's known, and he loves it, and he's great, and he's, like, so happy. (laughs) He's such a happy kid. And so when I get stuck into this, like, especially around the holidays and birthdays, and I get stuck into this, like, kind of funk, kind of depression of being like, well, he can't do the things that we did when I was kids, I have to say, well, that's not his baseline. His baseline's different, and that's okay, and he's happy where he is with his baseline and we just have to adapt and accommodate that and we can't be putting him into the baseline that you know my husband and I grew up with when we know it's not going to work for him no of course yeah a lot of this is goes back to these similar threads and all these topics right it's Mm -hmm. like uh, meet them where they're at Mm -hmm. accept and realize the expectation that you may have had of what motherhood or with parenting a child looks like versus what it actually is. Mm-hmm. A lot of those things all bleed into this. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's all kind of the same thing. I, You know, I have to admit, I somehow am way better at this now. And I don't know how, but <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm really good at just very much just meeting Lino where he's at. I yeah. remember the first year we tried – We tried it. We took him to go see Santa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my God, did he hate that guy? It was like, but he also, uh, I should have known because he didn't like the Easter Bunny either, but I still tried (laughs) Santa. (laughs) But like, that was, that was a thing that I did as a child every year. And, you know, our family members do with their kids. So it was like, I, I don't know. I felt like, I had to do it. It's like passing on a tradition too, right? And like there's a lot of grief with not being able to do that. So I I did. I have to admit, I still went into it not really feeling like it had to be successful. Mm -hmm. I remember saying to myself, like, it is what it is. Meaning Mm -hmm. if we go there and he's miserable, he's miserable, we leave. Like I, I had no actual genuine expectation. I wasn't really trying to have a perfect photo of him with Santa. You know, it is what it is. Those photos are not perfect and they will likely never see the light of day because the kid was just so unhappy about it. Um, And we scrapped the idea of Santa seeing for sure. Uh, we we never saw the Easter Bunny again. We did a lot of things that we were like, we're never doing again. So then what happened <laughs> was we had Luca. And mm. Luca changed Lino in a lot of ways, just like any sibling does. Mm-hmm. And I think with Luca around, it was so interesting to see the change in Lino of trying to do a lot of what Luca does, trying to engage in the world the way Luca does. Mm -hmm. And that's when we revisited the Santa experience. But we did it outdoors this time. Oh. Yes. That's smart. my God, did this child love Santa. Oh. He was like, oh, it was like a sled. We were in a farm. He was like, this is the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> this guy is awesome. And he, the guy held both Luca and Lino. And oh, my I, God. I remember having so much anxiety. I'm like, one yeah. of them's falling. I'm like, I don't know who's going down, but someone's taking a spill. Nobody fell. <laughs> and the photos are so cute because they're actually, like, happy in it. Aww. Um, And then last year we – did it again 
I don't know why I went for this again, but I was like, well, Lino really liked it the time we were at the farm. So last year we did do it again. We did it in a mall, but we went to a really, really small like private mall if that mm. makes sense like mm-hmm. it wasn't a super busy mall we were like the only people in this fucking mall lino did great suffice it to say the whole point of all of this is i definitely have somehow found a way to try to give lino experiences but not have the expectation but it's really it's still really hard mm-hmm. because lino likes um like we did one year, actually during COVID, we did like a outdoor, like inflatable tent thing mm. at like a Christmas village and you like have your hot chocolate and you're like in this tent and, you know, like, so we try to do these things. We do like holiday lights, like you mentioned, stuff yep. like that. But in our case, Lena loves that shit. Yeah. Like he genuinely loves that shit. The reality is, like Brittany was saying, is that Lino's baseline does look different. So Mm -hmm. for Lino, what I've come to realize is that especially when it comes to Christmas, I got to tell you, you want to know what Lino loves the most? Listening to Christmas jazz and like watching a fake fireplace on TV. Like that's Lino's Christmas. You know, seeing bright lights, that's Lino's Christmas. And that's where I have to, I have to, I have to change what? Christmas is in my head was supposed to look like for him. Yeah. And and that's it, tough. That's it so is tough so to do. Hard. It is so yeah. hard. But I think the one thing that drives me the most, and I don't know if you feel the same way, is that where I have found some positivity in all the grief of it, because it really is a lot of grief. It's yeah. it's just a it's just a shitload of fucking grief. But where I find a, the positivity in it is I I'm creating our tradition. Yes. Yes. And I think that that's really what people have to think of it as because it can be so tough when you're doing away with traditions that you grew up with, maybe even the generations before you grew up with. Like it could be, you know, like, gosh, I know one family who I grew up with the family. They were in high school with me too and all that. And like every single year, they would all go see Santa in their pajamas and get a picture taken. And this was like from when they were babies to when they were teens to then they were adults and then they took their kids and like they did not miss this every single year. This is what they did. And there are families that do that and that's what they grow up with. And now suddenly when you are not able to do certain things like that, it kind of makes you feel like the black sheep of the family. Yeah. Like you don't, you have n- you don't no fit. way of fitting. Yeah. And you can't participate. And you're like, oh, well, it, it feels shitty. It does. And it it's so shitty. complicated because you might miss out on doing these things for the benefit of your child, right? Because it might be like, okay, you know, my kid really hates Santa. It doesn't yeah. want to sit with yeah. Santa. We're not going to do this. And now you're missing out on these traditions you grew up with. And it's for the best for your child, but it's still, it's like one more layer of like just that isolation. And I think the holidays brings us into like feeling all of that isolation a little extra. Yeah. And that's where we really, Courtney and I talk about this every single episode. We have to separate our trauma from our child's trauma because guess what? Your child didn't grow up with those traditions. You did. That's the thing. Yeah. That's really the thing. (laughs) Your child doesn't give a shit that you didn't go see the Christmas lights. Because that's not their baseline. 
wrestling. Exactly. They never, if they never grew up with it, they don't know any different. You do, they don't. And that's why you have to just say like, okay, this is different now, but yeah. let's do what we can. Let's make it really fucking great and let's start new traditions that my kid's gonna love, right? Because it's like Cyrus likes the Christmas lights. He does do, you know, he really participates that. Would hate Santa. I'm pretty sure Alden would also hate Santa. I've never even attempted it because I'm like, Alden would stranger danger so hard. And Cyrus would just be like, why the fuck is this person talking and touching me? And like, like do it at a farm. I'm telling yeah. you, that's it. <laughs> that's the trick. That's the way like, in. Cyrus, no. there's animals over there. <laughs> I, I really wasn't trying to make it work, but. Santa just happened to be there, but that's the way in. No. (laughs) And I think that that's it. If it's like happens to be there, then maybe we would try it. But I just don't think that. You wouldn't seek it out. Exactly. And like we we wouldn't. There are a lot of things that I grew up with. Like um, where we are, there's like Edaville Railroad, right? That's not too far from us. And like my parents are constantly like, let's do Edaville. Let's do Edaville. And I'm like, I don't think that shit's accessible. <laughs> I'm like, we grew up with it. Like, we took my nephew there. My nephew's now, my God, he's going to be 18. But we took him there throughout his life. But it's just one of those things where, like, Courtney said, I'm going to go into it with no expectations. Because first yeah. off, I don't know how it's going to be. It's going to be cold as fuck. Nobody yeah. likes that. And Nobody like, likes that shit. <laughs> it's going to be late because they do, like, lights. And it's, I don't know, an hour away from us. So, like, everyone's going to be miserable from bedtime. And it's also like, I just don't think it's accessible. I don't think we're really going to be able to get Cyrus on and off the train. I mean, we've done a train experience before. (laughs) Courtney, I think you know our train experience. And I swore I would never fucking do a train experience again. Because it was an absolute nightmare. It was one of the most, like, traumatic experiences for our entire family. But I digress. Needless to say... (laughs) It's just one of those things where if we do it, we're going to go in with no expectations. But it's just it's just that one more thing to like kind of feel gross, you know, because yeah. everyone else wants to pressure you into doing it and be like, but we did this our whole lives and this and that. And you're like, it's probably not going to work well. <laughs> no, and it, it's such a fine line because it's, yeah. it's like you, you want to – it's not even that you want to. I think the best advice I could ever give is that you should try things. Don't assume your child will immediately love or hate it unless it's straight something that you know your child dislikes. Um, because even I have been like, I don't know how Leno's going to handle this, mm. you know? And then I go and he's like the happiest kid in all the land. So I think there's a fine line because you do want to try things. But you also have to remember that take how your child reacts to it, take that seriously. So, you know, so like if your child is really full blown is like, having some sort of sensory reaction to something maybe consider that later in life when maybe there's a little bit more um regulation possibly like regulation yeah Or, or possibly just accept the fact that there may never be and that's okay that's okay too and you want to try things you want to go in without that expectation you know really honestly don't go in there with like an image in your head of what it's gonna look like Honestly, don't because you're setting yourself up for failure more than anything. You really are. And I think it's tough to say like, and this is me calling the kettle black, but it's really tough. Don't be disappointed. 
You can't be yeah. disappointed. And that's so hard. It's, it's so, so hard. hard. <laughs> Holy because there's shit. so, especially like if you're like spending money on it and you're packing yeah. the kids up and like we all know like, <laughs> like it's so much work. <laughs> there are times that I literally have to just squish that down. Yeah. And then like I go home and like once the kids are like asleep, I'm like, oh, like I release yeah. it all. And then I have to like regroup the next day. Uh, we are in no way saying that we don't walk away <laughs> disappointed. Oh, God. There's, like, so many times, too, that, like, my husband and I are, like, why the fuck do we even like Oh, this? I know. But and you have to, like, you have to hold that in because you, like, yeah. don't want to, like, throw that around in front of the kids. No. But you're, like, holy shit, that was a fucking That was nightmare. a lot. Yes. But it's also, like, I have been working so hard on not doing that. And I, yeah. I think my husband has, like, more work to do than I do. But, like, I've been trying not to work. I just, I try to walk away from something and be, like, eh. eh. Like, Oh, it like, is what it is. <laughs> like, okay, Courtney, you and I both, right? We did the Jack-O-Lantern Spectacular. Oh, my that God. That was overwhelming. I was sweating for... my balls off. Yeah, <laughs> like, we were both like, guys, I don't know if you know what this is, but it's like a whole thing where they, like, put all these Jack-O-Lanterns. It was like 5,000 Jack-O-Lanterns yeah. or something like that. And so Courtney and I, we met up with the kids and our husbands, and we did this, and I was like, oh. It was like being in a mosh pit. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yes. And, like, we were sweating. You couldn't move. Now, Courtney and I each, we had a stroller for the younger ones and a wheelchair for the older ones. So we're both just like, <laughs> and you couldn't move. Like, I literally got swallowed up by the crowd at, at times. And, like, poor Courtney had to travel there and then travel back. And, like, it was a shit show for all of us. But I think, like, it was still really great getting the kids together. And I I think you and I were both just like, ah! Oh yeah, no, you know, and I like- have to. I have to be in those situations because that was a situation where we've done so many events very similar to that, mm-hmm. um, and Lino has reacted superbly. That's why we do them. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't force Lino to do these things because I want to do them. I go searching for them because he likes them. He had never done anything with a jack o' lantern, but as you well know, he was not super happy well, during and that walkthrough. Like, <laughs> he was think... like, "What the fuck?" And it's interesting yeah. because you did say you were like, "Oh, does he not do well in crowds?" And although Lino has done phenomenal in crowds, we've been in Disney jam packed. Like, oh, but he this was does a different great. level. I, I think what it was more than I think it was not only the fact that there was crowds. I think because it was so dark and you mm. couldn't get up close. I don't mm-hmm. think that he could visualize anything. You know, yeah. he does have a visual impairment. And that was tricky because now there ain't no way out but through. No, we're, we were deadlocked. We were literally deadlocked. Like you couldn't turn around and you couldn't There was forward. no way out. You just had to go through. I think Cyrus was the only one not completely melting down. Yes, because like the he two was. youngest the, Yeah, he was just like, what the fuck ever guy. Like Cyrus was just like, whatever. I think that he was more enjoying watching everyone else melt down. I know, I swear to God, because he kept looking at me and I'm like, hi Cy. He's like, I'm like, dude, I'm sweating. I'm he sweating. Yeah. And like Cyrus knew we were all just kind of panicking. And he was like, I'm enjoying watching this shit show. So he was the only one not panicking like or, or freaking or, or anything. Like he was just chill as could be. Now the two littles melting down. <laughs> like Alden was literally sitting there. Oh, my God. Like grabbing people because he's in the <laughs> stroller and he's at like, you know, butt height to everybody and he's just reaching he's out grabbing everyone's devil. ass and i'm like sorry <laughs> don't mind him yeah. it's such chaos but you do you know that's a situation which is very similar i mean it's holiday-esque although we're talking more about like christmas and stuff like that it, it's 
it's a holiday Halloween and mm-hmm. you you have expectations and you just we walked out of there like you said and we were like all right everybody's cool everybody's alive everybody calm down once yeah. we're out. I think like I think it was one of those things where we walked out and, and now also mind you Kyle and I were parked so fucking far away <laughs> it started raining as we're like I don't like know 10 mile why I don't know why they had us park all the way over there. We were parked so far away. And, and I was like, at the entrance, BTW. And she was at the entrance. I'm like, ugh. And so we're like hiking the two kids all the way up. And it was one of those things where like we're walking back to the car. And I said to Kyle, I said, never fucking again. I never. But it had nothing to do with the kids. That's no. the thing. It had nothing to do with the kids. It was the crowd. Yes. I would do that event again. If when it weren't so dead. Crowded. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're like, we're going at noon. You're not going to be able to see them lit up. But you'll, like, it's a, that, yes. it, it was solely the crowd that I was, because yeah. I, I am, like, extremely claustrophobic, too, which is, like, no, very, and that very was claustrophobic. very claustrophobic. Yes. And then it had just rained, so there was, like, a lot of puddles. It Mud. was muddy. It was just chaos. This brings up another good point, is that, you know, when we're saying, like, really have no expectation when you do these things and when you're trying these things, you have to think about certain – you have to think about that, too, like, when you're planning. Mm-hmm. We had another incident we did uh, during COVID. COVID was such a weird time. During COVID, <laughs> we were trying to come up with things time. to do during the holiday, I remember, because, you know, everything was closed. And they did this holiday drive through lights thing. So it was at, like, a concert venue near our home. And we got on this like car line, traffic line to get in to just to get in off the highway. Yeah. Not even into the thing. Off the highway. It was already backed up. And I was like, this is not looking <laughs> good. <laughs> and I remember I remember being like, well, let's just try. Now the problem is is once you get off the exit, it's it's a similar sort of situation like when you're in the fucking <laughs> in the jack-o'-lantern thing. There ain't no way you're, out you're stuck. except fucking through. Yeah. Right? So now now we're stuck. And it was like an hour and a half and we never even got in. Stop it. I shit you not. I was like, Stefano, you gotta. I don't give a shit if you have to run over a goddamn <laughs> like curb. I don't know what you need to do. You're gonna wreck the car. I was get like, you're fucking getting us getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> hour and a half in traffic. He does some crazy ass move. We get out of this shit. We go home. <sighs> and we rethought it. We went midweek. It was a fucking Wednesday. Not a single person. I I drove through this whole fucking thing. It was wonderful. Lino loved it. But that's another part of it is you have to think crowd control, what your your child can handle. I mean, and this is also just goes not even just disabled kids. Like, yeah, just kids. Yes. Find me a kid who's going to sit in a parked, essentially parked car because (laughs) we weren't moving. Who's going to do that without losing their fucking shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's 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 a lot to, there's a lot to unpack with these sorts of things. <laughs> I think too I think it's also like I I touched on it before, but like the pressure of like extended family and what they put yeah. up. Right. And, and I think about the actual holidays, right? Like Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day. Here's our situation with things like that. For Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, and Christmas, we never hosted. We yeah. always went elsewhere. Once we had Cyrus, I was like, fuck that, you come to us. <laughs> and and it was a situation where I was like, you come, you don't, I don't care. And yeah. there was like, 
you know, there was a little bit of, you know, give and take, like some frustration. And then it was, you know, we did that, I think the first year we did Thanksgiving and then we did uh, Christmas, I think, at my parents. Like Cyrus was so little. It was, you know, it was like easy to just pack him up and leave. Yeah. The following Christmas, I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm either everyone can come to us or you can do your own thing. I don't care either way. Thankfully, my my family, Kyle's family, they're all like super flexible. And, you know, they were kind of like, oh, well, this isn't what we've always done. But I'm like, it gets so complicated because when you have a child with disabilities or medical complexities, especially like Lino and Cyrus, you can't just pack them up, right? You have oh, yeah. equipment. You have feeds that you have to bring. Just you a place probably to have sit. medications. Yeah, you have to bring like seating for your child to just sit at the fucking table. Yep. To, and I was like, it, it got to a point where I was like, I'm not fucking doing this. Like all of his equipment's at home. All of his medical necessities are at home. Like I said, my family was really chill with that. Kyle's family was really chill with that. I know a lot of people who cannot break that type of tradition because it's like unheard of from the family. And so I sit there and I think about these families with kids who are disabled or medically complex and this and that who are still having to pack everybody up and to go elsewhere. Right. And they're going elsewhere to appease everyone else but it's not beneficial for your child and I think about that constantly it's like your child's no longer in their safe space which is their house right now you're bringing your child into even if it's a house they know it's not their house no (laughs) so like the behavior the interactions it's gonna look a little different right and that's where like I always try to empower parents to be like, do what's best for your family. Yeah. And if you're in a situation where you're not able to break away from that type of tradition where, you know, maybe in the back of your head you're like, this would be a hell of a lot easier if we hosted. Or it would be a hell of a lot easier if it was just us, our nuclear family. But you're still trying to please everyone else. Stop. Don't. (laughs) Don't let them come to you. And, and that's let them not come to easy, your child. but it's it not. is such good advice. Yeah. Like you really do have to at some point do exactly what you're saying. You have to just do what's right for your family. And it's so hard. I I even struggle with this a little bit, you know, because we do we don't host. Our home is just too small to host. And we usually do every holiday is like at a specific family member's mm-hmm. home. So it's like always kind of pre-planned. It's never much thought as to where you're going. You know where you're going. Um, but, it, you know, again, I'm bringing up COVID. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that was really hard during COVID because we normally, Christmas Eve in particular, we spend with um, uh, my aunt and my uncle. And I just didn't feel comfortable. Mm. You know, obviously deep-rooted fear about, you know, getting yeah. COVID. Yes. And I have to admit, he went two years of COVID without COVID, so we did a pretty good fucking job. I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to talk. About it. <laughs> but it was really hard. We didn't do Christmas Eve twice, so mm-hmm. two years in a row. We didn't do it with with the people we normally do it with, and it hurt. It hurt me a lot. Like I I, I can't hide that. But it's also we had like the cutest little uh, Christmas I'm not Eves. Saying, I it's so nice. Not. <laughs> they were like these cute little Christmas yes. Eves. It was just like that. I remember that Christmas Eve was just like the sweetest thing. It was just yeah. me, Lino, 
and Stefano. And we were like, we had like hot cocoa. Not that Lino had hot cocoa. <laughs> we sat with hot cocoa with Lino. Yeah. Like we we took pictures in front of the, our tree. Like it was just like such a sweet thing. So chill. But it was it, it was hard. Yeah. I don't want to say masking the feelings I have, but working through the grief I had of not doing, like, the family tradition. But that's where I go back to, like, it was hard for you. It was hard for Lino me. Lino was like, this is great. Yeah. He's like, I got my mom, my dad. Like, that's it. And, and that's where you have to – a lot of it is, like, what part of what happened, right? Because let's say there's, like, all these different parts of, like, an event. And what part of that event are you going to focus on? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be the part that causes grief and pain and – uneasiness and discomfort is that going to be the part because I guarantee there's a, another part that's of equal equivalence that is the opposite of that right yeah. and I'm not saying don't acknowledge right I, I will never say that I, I think it is totally valid to feel that way I think those feelings are 1000% normal yeah I don't think it is abnormal to feel grief over that or to you know to feel shitty that you can't be a part of like this family tradition it's like being in a clique you know you're like shit I'm like on the outside you know like you're gonna feel something about that that is fucking normal what I am saying is let it come and let it go yeah you know let those thoughts let the the feelings let them come let them go and they might come up multiple times it's not gonna be like oh I'm gonna feel it once and that's it. You know, like, yeah, you're going to feel these things. Let them come. Let them go. And focus on your child. Like mm. like you're saying, when I think about those days, I think about Lino. And that kid was ecstatic about just spending like this. We listened to Christmas music. Yes. Like, you're like, this is great. Yeah. And this is actually something we do every year now, though. Um, we have started going back to, you know, with family on Christmas Eve. But we, like, we'll do this either that night when we get home or Christmas morning. Like, we we just cuddle. We listen to music. Lino loves the fake fireplace on, yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is on. Actually, it's going to start coming on now because we start right <laughs> after Halloween. And today, even though this is Midnight coming out later, no. <laughs> we are recording on Halloween right now. And, yes, it's likely going to start tonight or tomorrow yeah we're gonna have that stupid fucking fireplace oh i'm putting our tree up this weekend but that's a whole other story i was thinking about that too yeah but anyway that's something (laughs) but here's the problem too because for us as adults those traditions those things they're so nostalgic Right? They like, are. it feels so good and it makes you feel like warm inside, and you're like, oh, it's so nostalgic to when life was easier. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I was a kid. And, and so it's so hard when you have to do away with that, but when you have to do away with it in a forced way. Yes. Because it does feel forced. It, it does. Fe- it, it feels very much like. And I mean, to a certain extent, it is completely correct. You never had a choice. You never had a choice. It was really just like, this is the hand you were dealt. And now you kind of have to deal with it. I think what we're trying to say is, as shitty as that may sound, there, there can be so much beauty in creating like your own your own traditions. It's fucking awesome, honestly. And that's the thing is like, it's so, you know, 
I talk about this a lot and I really don't want to sound like I'm like on a high horse or anything like that. But like this has been a lot of therapy for me. Yeah. It's been a lot of self-reflection for me to get to where I am. And so Years that's why I too. Yeah. And that's it. And that's why I discuss these things. But it's like you can you'll hear it again and again and again and again in the parenting community is that we talk and I'm gonna include you and I mm-hmm. because we do talk about this a lot. We talk so much about the sacrifices we have to make yeah. without choices, right? Like we didn't have a choice to make these sacrifices and this and that. When we get so hung up on the grief of it and when we get so hung up on seeing it as sacrifices and almost victimizing ourselves, we're never going to see the other side of it. We're never, never. going to see the beautiful side of it. Like if you're sitting there and you're feeling like this is one more sacrifice you have to make. You know, doing away with the traditions is one more thing you have to sacrifice. That's almost putting yourself in like this victim mentality, which I understand. I have done it. It's a very valid feeling. But when you kind of turn that just slightly and say, how can this be the most enriching experience for my child? Because... We as parents are all sitting here and we are giving our kids a childhood. Yeah. And that's a big deal. And we have to do away with what our childhood looked like because we are responsible for giving our kids a childhood. And so if you can just twist it a little bit, instead of saying, I have to sacrifice this, you can say, I have to do this for my child and it's going to look so good. They're going to remember this childhood and I'm going to be the one that was responsible for this childhood. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, how do you want them to remember it? Yeah. Do you want them to remember it that, oh, these are all the things I couldn't do? Or these mm-hmm. are all the things that made my mom sad or my right. dad sad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or do you want them to remember it as like, this is what we do on Christmas? Yeah. I love doing this. With I my watch mom a and fireplace <laughs> on the TV and it's fucking great. <laughs> that is our thing. Like, now that's our thing. But it it's hard sometimes to do that shift but you're really right how how do you want your kid to remember mm-hmm. their childhood because your childhood's over like as as much as that so listen I would I would <laughs> love to go back to my childhood and like have things a little bit easier and like you know but like our childhood's over and we are now the royal holders yeah. of our kids childhood and we're the ones responsible for that. And that's like every every single year since Cyrus was born, we decorate the tree and we put white Christmas on. And like, he loves it. He loves it. Like, <laughs> you know, we put him in his stander. We bring him right up to the tree. He loves pulling every ornament off. Like, thank God we don't have, you know, fragile ornaments. But he pulls all the ornaments off and he thinks it's hilarious. And he's like, I'm causing chaos and watching mom and dad run after the balls on the ground. I just can't. He's almost you know? like a cat trying to <laughs> destroy the Christmas tree. He's like... Yes. And they he will really, watch me do it. Yeah, he really is. If he could, like, pull that sucker down. Yeah, absolutely. Wait. Like, he's so chaotic, he would just be like, I'm going to throw this in the fire <laughs> and watch it burn. He's like, and, I just want to see what's going to happen. Yeah, and, like, and that's, like, right there. That's slightly different from my childhood because every single year we would – 
get in the car and we would drive to Ann and Hope and we'd pick out our tree and like the whole car would smell like pine tree and then we would like you know put it in and then you'd have to wait for it to fall and like you know like settle in and and then we would decorate and my mom had like this really fancy mini tree on the island the kitchen island and like all of her really fancy like delicate antique ornaments went on that and it was like the responsibility of me to do that without breaking anything and like we don't have that that's not that we don't we have a fake tree that sucker goes in the basement every year comes up every year we're like hey you know it's a it's our <laughs> our house doesn't smell like pine tree <laughs> i have made the shift to artificial tree yeah. as well and although it was absolutely devastating the first year <laughs> i did it i was like this is awful we're it's, never doing this yep. again <laughs> Um, it really is the simplest thing. It's the simplest thing. Like, you pull that sucker out, you put that sucker away. Like, it's so... No risk you, of fire. No I mean, risk of, You're not vacuuming up needles. Oh, my you God. Know? I used to hate that. Yeah. And so it looks at her, like, watering the tree every day. You know, like... And it's different. And, and I... It's... It's just, it's fine. You know, and, it is and fine. it's fine. It is more than fine. The other thing that I think is really important to talk about is... Is family, and I mean this in the sense that I've, I think I've said this before on an, on an episode, is sometimes sometimes you, you have to advocate your, for yourself and your family to your family, you oh, know, your extended so family. Exhausting. It is so exhausting. It's but so exhausting. if you're in a situation where your family is unresponsive to that or has a response that is that is just n- not aligned with you and your family, I think this needs saying again, you – as um, great as family is, if you need to cut toxic people out, cut toxic people out. And, and I know peace. that is easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally am not going to be like, oh, it's so simple. Cut off your mom. <laughs> snip, snip. <laughs> you know, like, no. <laughs> I know that is not an easy thing to do. But if it does mean that you do need to distance yourself, even you were saying, Brit, how and I think this is probably the truth for every family that has a disabled child that has like a mobility aid or needs some sort of um, equipment to sit or stand. Being at home is the easiest for hosting because your child can be in any position in any location. Your, Your home is just set up with all the equipment that allows your child to engage best with the world. So I think from that perspective, if the tradition is doing it at someone's home and just switching the, the venue of where you're going to spend your holiday is the challenge and your family members are against it, then yeah, maybe doing it alone is the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. And I know that that probably just hurts to even think about or to say or, or you know, cutting that toxicity out and doing what is best for you is just so so important and unfortunately there will always be family members and friends that just don't get it yeah and there's just no you can't fix people you know and you in you've said this too you can't carry everyone else's grief no no you know so i i think it's just important to reiterate that it's okay if you spend your holidays just your nuclear family there is absolutely nothing wrong with that if no. that is what works best for all of you. And that's what makes you happy. Yeah. If leaving the house is causing you stress and yeah. anxiety and frustration and all of this, you know, protect your peace. And and you're going to deal with the grief of, you know, not 
having those traditions and having things change because, you know, nobody really loves change. Yeah. But, you know, if it protects your peace and if you do it, you know, that one year and then you're like, I hated this. We're going to deal with the stress. Then go ahead and deal with it. But, like, don't feel so obligated to everyone else, to everything else, to what your traditions look like growing up. Like, just don't feel so obligated to those things because – that's not what the holidays are about and like your kids gonna see that and they're gonna see the stress and they're gonna see anxiety and children have a natural tendency of of thinking it's their fault and that's not it like we don't we don't want our kids around the holidays to be like oh I caused my parents stress you know and it's the complete opposite of what all these holidays mean yeah exactly when you think of the core of what these holidays are, is to give thanks, to spread joy, to, you know, to feel to be warm together. and fucking fuzzy on the inside. Right? And I am not warm and fuzzy <laughs> when I am sweating balls because I'm carrying my son's gate trainer up yeah. a flight of stairs to get into somebody's house. And I think that this is a good segue back to kind of where we started about, like, the gift lists and this and that. And, like, people put so much pressure on these things. And it's, like, oh, it's one more extra mental load. (laughs) One more weight. It's so fucking heavy. I don't want it. And that's it. And, like, I really – (laughs) Courtney, you know how much I hate thinking for people. I know. Like, it is, like (laughs) – it's like actual torture no it really is it really like oh i'm like why the fuck am i thinking for you just use your brain (laughs) just like thought process just a little bit of thought process (laughs) right and i understand right that family can get so caught up in friends and all that into being like well this says that it's five plus so you know and it's like what or they're like this one says it's for an 18 month old baby are we sure about that and i'm like yes we're fucking sure so you know, it's like, I, I kind of love what I'm seeing to some extent because I see a lot of parents going to the groups and saying, like, what works for your kids? Like, I'm really struggling in this and that. And when we're kind of putting it all on each other a little bit, we're taking it off because I have gotten yeah. some amazing gift ideas from the moms that are in our group. Like, oh, yeah. I love it. They're so... Oh, my goodness. There are so many great ideas. Or, like, just going into the groups and not even being active but seeing what people recommend. I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't even know that existed. Right? So, like, use that as a great resource. But, you know, if it makes your kid happy, then just don't look at the number. Right? Like, don't look at this is for six-month-olds. Like, it makes your kid happy. You know, or get them a gift that, you know – Maybe they're not going to interact with the way that, you know, they would if they weren't disabled. But if they just kind of like having it on their wheelchair tray and knocking it over and having you put it back on and knocking it over and having you put it back on, like that's a game in of itself. Exactly. And that's okay. There's even some things I I get for Lino that are not only not age-appropriate it's actually the other way, meaning like they're really meant for even kids older than him. Yeah. But like they're his favorite characters from mm-hmm. a movie. So like, you know, sometimes you have to even just think like that just because of like he has all the figurines for like all his favorite Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's not sitting there and setting up elaborate scenarios with all his figurines and they're not like playing out the scenes of the movies. Like, you 
yeah. but like it doesn't look like that at all. But when I tell you that he will sit there and knock every single one of them off his damn tray on his activity chair and then simultaneously also talk about them on his eye gaze, like that is for him so exciting. Sometimes you just have to think about what your child likes and not any of the other additional shit about it. I think it's also really cool to like, to some extent, give family a little bit of of freedom to get certain, like not anything obnoxious, but it's like you can kind of, in, in not having so much control and like having family get things that maybe you wouldn't. Yeah. It almost gives your child the opportunity to develop preferences and like maybe you'll start like like Cyrus got like ridiculous dinosaur gifts that he like would never be able to you know physically play with in the proper way but we were like oh this kid loves dinosaurs right and then like it really we really started noticing he was all about that triceratops (laughs) yeah isn't that funny though like Lino apparently like loves helicopters I didn't fucking know I'm like when did the obsession with helicopters come into mind If you go and get him a goddamn helicopter at a store, yes, he may not play with it the way you would expect a child of his age to play with it, but he would be so fucking excited. And it opens up the 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 line of communication for that, right? Because yeah. it's like with Cyrus, like he wasn't going to play with those dinosaur toys in like the way that other kids without disability would be able to, but we were able to talk about it. And then it was like, we started naming different dinosaurs and then it turned into like, oh, well we have like, you know, the Alexa thing here. And now we're asking Alexa about different dinosaurs. And, and then it was like, Alexa show us pictures of these dinosaurs. And it opened up this like world of communication that we didn't really have otherwise because we didn't know he fucking liked dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or like trucks or anything like that. Like the kid loves the color pink. And, you know, like these things, if you just kind of give family a little bit of freedom and if you see the gift, don't instantly feel disappointed that they're not going to play with it. Don't feel that disappointment. Say like, how can we engage with this? How can we talk about it? How, you know, hand over hand playing, things like that. Like, you know, it's kind of this catch 22 because it sucks that your kid's not going to be able to engage with it the way that maybe they would be able to if they weren't disabled but it's also a really great opportunity for you to have some one-on-one time and for you to engage with your child and if that means that you're the one that's activating the toy and playing with it and like acting like a damn fool and your kid thinks that's hilarious then that's fine if that means your kid's you know not going to be able to put the lights on on the fire truck but you can say this is a fire truck let's look up information about fire trucks and and I think that that's kind of where that whole presumed cognition Mm -hmm. comes into play you know don't just automatically feel disappointed that your kid's not going to engage in a toy because they'll engage it just won't be the way that you would envision it if they weren't disabled yes and this goes back to the whole idea of like how do you want your child to perceive it because that does fall on you how you react to that is also how they're going to perceive everything and this is going to carry over in life right Mm -hmm. because the world is not built for them nope right it is not built to be accessible is not built for them to be able to engage with right so do you want your child growing up thinking well there's just nothing for me or do you want your child to think well i can i can out of this 
yeah, I can make this work. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. I got this. Let me mm-hmm. give me this thing, you know? Like you said, even if that means that you're the one engaging with it, mm-hmm. how your child perceives that is going to carry with them their whole life. And yeah. you're molding your child, right? Everything everything you do, everything you say, every way you act, that that is affecting your child. Yeah. And it's really challenging because in this situation, I want to say as mothers, because as mothers, we just carry, gosh, so much, like so much guilt, so much grief, so, so much shit. <laughs> We're just carrying I don't it. know what you're That's talking so hard. about. <laughs> We're just heavy, heavy, heavy. And we're just carrying it. And it's like, you're just fucking trying to navigate how to even get through the day most days. And then you have to take this extra step of like, how is my child perceiving my reaction? Or how is my child perceiving how I'm taking this? It's hard. I have no way yeah. saying this shit is fucking easy. the The point of this is, is is to just get you thinking and just get you to maybe even for a second think otherwise and not let that grief and everything weigh on you. Because if you just take that second, that'll grow with time. That second will become minutes. That second will become you at some point. You're just going to stop focusing on the grief of your eight-year-old playing with a 18-month-old toy. Yeah, and I think that there's also something to be said with like, don't make the fucking list. Don't do that. Let people yeah. use their own thought process Seriously. to try to come up with, you know, ideas for gifts. And I think the beauty with that of not taking so much responsibility and not taking so much control is that the relatives kind of learn a little bit about your kid too. Yeah, I mean, like, if I, you force them to, right? And it's like, if I don't make a list for people to just click buy off of, like, they now have to think, like, okay, what would work? Or even, like, what would I like to share with my niece or nephew or grandchild or this or that? Like, Like, let them kind of try to figure it out, too, because if you're figuring it out for them, they're not gonna be able to use that part of you know their thought process to learn about your kid you're just doing the work for them and so and it's tough because it doesn't work as well for like say somebody's shipping you a gift and then they're not gonna see your kid open it and this and that but like for families that come to you or if you go to them and everyone's in person and your kid opens the gift and this and that and like maybe (laughs) it'll take that experience for that relative to be like eh, maybe I'll adjust this next year you know <laughs> and, and like let them see like we can't carry all the weight we can't do all the work because we're already so burnt out yeah and if saying like you know what figure it out <laughs> yeah no we we try so hard to create such a magical wonderful experience I think that's at least where I yeah no where my head was at when I I I don't make the list anymore Mm -hmm. I remember in the beginning though I would make that damn list and I would I would spend hours scouring ideas toys websites and I'd make this list and in the back of my head, it was like, well, this is the best way to make sure that Lino has the most amazing Christmas. Yeah. But it goes back to the idea of what Christmas was I trying to make him have? It was my Christmas. Yes. 
But I think to continue that throughout their entire lives is limiting to your child. It is. Yeah, I think so. And I think that for me, it kind of goes back to like, if I'm burning energy unnecessarily with trying to have control over things like that my cup is just getting more and more and more empty and And it's like yeah and that's it and I remember saying I don't know if you remember this but a few years ago there was like this meme or whatever that went around social media and it was like as an adult I realized it wasn't actually Christmas that was magical it was a mom that made it magical and I hate to say like just moms make it magical and this and that but for me that was very very accurate yeah It was my mom. My mom made Christmas so fucking like special and magical. And I don't realize that until now I'm an adult and I'm trying to do it for my kids. But if you're depleting yourself by like making lists and having to do this and having to think of what to pack to go to Christmas Day somewhere else or Thanksgiving Day somewhere else or this and that, you're just gonna like be so worn down, you know? And it's like make things easier make it magical for yourself and make it fucking magical for your kids with us it's like I have a tradition now that I've done with Cyrus where uh every year I like make flour or cornstarch footprints like coming out of our fireplace and like I put them all around it's like a fucking mess and it's a disaster and like all this but Cyrus gets so excited like he's like oh my god Santa came coolest thing and he's so excited about it and I remember I think it was two years ago was the first time I did Elf on the Shelf and like I did a whole thing where I like photoshopped the elf into like Santa's workshop and like this and like and it was the picture that he woke up to Christmas morning and like Santa's no and he was like (gasps) (gasps) he really did go back to Santa's workshop and like he thought it the coolest fucking thing <laughs> like, I never had that growing up like it, we had different things so I think it's like just make your own traditions and make it look different than what you grew up with and, and don't burn yourself out to try to fit your kid into to please someone else yeah don't do that like you're our, we're already empty we're already on e <laughs> and this time of year is so hard no matter what there's just so much going on and you're planning and you're yeah. doing all these things and then don't do it to yourself. No. It, your kid's baseline looks different than yours and that doesn't mean the quality of the baseline is any less. It just means their baseline looks different and make it rich and beautiful and amazing and like they're just going to be really happy to have you. Yeah. I mean, focus on the joy yeah. And I know there's all different levels of disability, right? There there are so many different ways to engage in this world. And, and it's also hard sometimes to not compare your child. But try not to. Just, just live in that moment. Mm-hmm. Create the atmosphere around the holiday. It will do all of you some really, really good. And, and I really hope everyone listening out there has it doesn't have to be a magical holiday, but I, I truly hope that you have a pleasant holiday, right? Yeah. We're all going to feel a shit ton of stress. We're all going to feel a t- shit ton of grief. Oh, my God. The grief around this time of year. But try to filter it. Yes. Let's yeah. try not to make that the focus. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It maybe, maybe this is the first year you're trying. Maybe you've been trying all along. Even if it's just for a minute. 
every year try to expand on that a little bit. And I just really hope that you have a few moments of pleasantness this holiday. And peace. Peace is always good. (laughs) Well, thanks everyone for listening. And we really hope that you guys have an amazing holiday, whatever that looks like. Protect your peace. Protect your child's peace. And do what's best for you guys as a family. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bitching and Bolusing podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe for future episodes. Previous episodes can be heard on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. If you like what we said, please be sure to give us a share. You can follow us on Instagram at Bitching and Bolusing. And you can visit us at www.bitchingandbolusing.com.